Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great topic and that is what does it look like to go under the yoke of bondage? That's a biblical phrase. A lot of power there. Studied out yokes. I'm a little bit of a farmer, you know. Yeah. Can I throw this in this really quick? This is going to work. No. Word, okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because you're already yoke, you know. We I see it in your eyes. Yeah, I'm so excited <laughs> about this. A yoke, you know, the wooden thing. It's got the thing and the animal's necks going there. Well, first of all, the Bible talks about be un- do not be unequally Equally. yoked. You can't put a cow and a goat in the same thing. But uh, Well, first y- off, that yoke will twist around your own neck. <laughs> yeah, you got it's got to fit. But the really cool thing about the purpose of a yoke, and these numbers are not accurate, but they're, they show the direction. Like one ox can pull like 3,000 pounds. Right. Two oxes can pull like 1,200 pounds. It's like it doesn't just double it. it no, like, you had it backwards. What did I say? Yeah, <laughs> you said 3,000 to 1,200. You didn't bring me any coffee today, John. It's your fault. <laughs> It like it doesn't double two oxen doesn't double right. the capability. It almost triples. It it uh, I think it like quadruples it. It's just it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. The power of of a yoke done right. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So when God puts this in the scriptures, there's a lot in it. We're going to unfold that for the folks. I love today. it. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, the Duke Meister, Pastor Duke Herget. Uh, we're going to go into prayer. We're going to learn about what it is. Or what is a yoke of bondage? Because it's great to know that, man, if, if it's right, we're like, we're a powerhouse. But if it's wrong, we're wasted. We're wasted. Yeah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and we will get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. Father, we praise you. We thank you. And thank you that you want us free. Thank Amen. you that you freed us by paying the price of our sin through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we pray your hand upon this. We ask that you give us clarity of speech, clarity of hearing, clarity of understanding. Father, we thank you and love you. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in Galatians 5, 1 through 15, and I'm going to read most of it, but I don't know that I'm going to read all of it because it's a long passage. But Paul discusses the nature of Christian freedom, beginning with uh, an admonition to stand fast in the liberty that Christ has made us free. You know, most people think that, oh, if you're a Christian, it's a bunch of rules, do's and don'ts, and uh, man, it's so constricting. But the reality is, man, if you are obedient to Christ, those aren't rules that are constricting. They are freedom. Safeguards. Safe. Protections. Boundaries. Provision comes within those boundaries. It's You'd be afraid to go outside of them. It would be so foolish. It would be so wasteful. Right. Well, and that's but the only thing. believers understand that. Before I was saved, uh, you and I, of course, we had some very similar lifestyle. Uh, came from the drug culture, and I was always looking over my shoulder because it's <laughs> <laughs> a cop, man. Well, not only the cop, but what about bad deals? Yeah, that's even more dangerous. That's even more dangerous, right? Yeah, because they shoot. Cops will cuff. Right? And, yeah, and I, know that, I know that drama. Oh, it got, dude, it got so bad. It got to the point where I had to put uh, hairs on the hood of my truck and the door of my truck, and uh, I had to, uh, by the all around my truck, I'd have to, any footprints that I put there, I would take and clean them up. And then the next morning I'd come out and look. If I saw footprints around my truck, I already knew something was bad. One day I came out, um, one of many days. I mean, I have, I've had my brake lines cut. I, one time I had my starter wired to my gas tank. So I'm like constantly, because I'm, I'm doing it my way. I'm doing it the world's way, right? And then I get saved, and all of a sudden, there's no more hair on the door handles. There's no more uh, uh, scotch tape on the hood. There's no more cleaning the dirt around the truck because I just didn't I didn't have those worries. I think the Bible word for that would be delivered. God took us delivered. out of that 
ridiculously stupid and dangerous world and puts us in a, a new kingdom yeah. now. Because, see, I was under the yoke of bondage of the world. I wasn't yeah. breathing easy. I wasn't living free. Yeah. I literally was in a prison looking f- to be delivered by good things, hopefully, not bad things. I had the same experience. I'm with, uh, she was my girlfriend for a while, the girl that brought me to Christ for years because I was a drug dealer, you know, I'd say, be cool. There's a cop. There's a cop. Be cool. And she said, so what? And, <laughs> and all I of a sudden you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't that, have nothing. Yeah. My <laughs> glove box doesn't have a uh, hundred hits of LSD right? and I don't have a pound of dope in the trunk. And, uh, because, but it took a while to deprogram. Yeah. Yourself. Cause I was just, cond- I see a cop and just, you know, just, just be afraid. But uh, there again, we came, Johnny and I came out of the yoke of bondage of this world. And, you know, on the outside, it's glitter, a pocket full of money, and everybody, oh, it's so oh, awesome. Look at, you know, you got a, a bunch of money, a, a pocket full of dope. We get into the concerts free and get back uh, backstage passes, go hang out with uh, with the rock and roll stars. I mean, everybody's laughing on the outside, but let me tell you, there's a huge there's a, price to pay. There's a lot of pressure Change. on the inside. Yeah, and there's there's people dying for the reasons you said. Uh, oh, the cops will cuff you. Yeah, people in the drug uh, cartel they'll they'll kill you. Yeah, they'll kill you. And you know it just happens so often that the the law doesn't even chase those things down. No. Well, no, because it's they're not going to get anywhere. No, just, so they let it go. Well, Paul talks about the yoke of bondage, and he talks about it in Galatians five one through fifteen. But mainly 5.1. If you want to go and read through all the passage, you can go ahead and do that. But I'm going to stick with 5.1 just for a minute. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Listen, if you and I return back to that, how stupid are we? That is the dog returning to its own vomit. Yeah, I want it out so bad, you know. It glittered for a little while, pocket full of money for a little while, but the price you pay for that quick money. It's not worth it's it. It's not worth it. No. And I saw friends go to jail, you know, and uh, I didn't want to go to jail. I I saw what happened to pretty boys in jail. And, <laughs> and you weren't pretty, I, but. <laughs> I didn't want to face. You what, were pretty enough for uh, them. <laughs> that's pretty dumb. <laughs> So I'm so glad Jesus broke that yoke of bondage because I'm telling you, it starts creeping yeah. up on you. Yeah. You think you're invincible when you're young. And then you saw people that also thought they were invincible go to jail. And let me tell you. Or die. You've, or die. Yeah. Well, I saw quite a few of my friends die. And it's like, I, 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 just, I just need a new world. Well, you know, and that's the other thing. When, when you really stop and think about it, you might think you're somebody but I promise you, and you and I were talking about this earlier because you di- you just did a funeral. Yeah, twenty three year old young man that grew up in my church was murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know the details yet. They did make an arrest last night. Yeah, he did his funeral this morning, and twenty three years old, and uh, he heard the word of God, made a profession of faith, and he kind of walked in faith for a little while, and he just got pretty cool, and he just kind of let the hard part, dark part, take over, and yep. uh, he's uh, he's gone now. And he was yoked up. Yeah, I grew up in the liquor business, Johnny. My dad was a bartender, owned his own bars. And uh, I, I saw the lots of people in, under the yoke of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I was mostly under the yoke of, dr- of drugs. But I saw the yoke of alcohol. And people can kind of stay semi-functional, uh, functional alcoholics, I've heard it Oh, called. yeah, dude, I, uh, complete functional alcoholic. That's what I hear. Just so, so dependent. And then they would spend so much money on alcohol and then not have money to pay the rent. Right. And my dad would feel guilty and my grandpa because they owned the bars and, and they would kind of sh- forward them some rent money. And uh, that happens a lot in the liquor business. The liquor, liquor people feel guilty for taking food out of the mouths right. of, of uh, drunkards' children. And how about how about gamblers, man? Mm-hmm. Oh, man? Oh, my. That's one of the worst right now is people are gambling. I, I was standing in line at the gas station and the lady was in front of me. And from looking at the back side of her, she had like a jogging pants on, but they were dirty and ripped and stained. You know, her shirt was the same way, hair uncombed. Uh, I looked outside her car, looked like it was, wasn't going to get out of the parking lot. But yet she stood there, bought $200 worth of lottery tickets yeah. and a $100 
uh, a carton of cigarettes, which in New York, a carton of cigarettes is like 110 bucks right now. Holy cow. It makes me glad I don't smoke anymore. Right. Man. Think about that. Yeah. Yoke of bondage. Yoke of bondage, man. Yoke of bondage uh, uh, with gambling. And I see him with the lottery tickets as well. And they just stand there and just and hope and false hope. And then they lose what they've got. And so. But, but it's bond- not just that they lose what they have. It's everybody around them pays the price as well. Yeah. And then uh, other people are getting rich off of them. And children suffer through the mood swings and the temperaments and the beatings or the yelling or the abuse or the neglect, however that looks, because now mom or dad use the rent money to satisfy their bondage Mm -hmm. only to create more bondage. We have quite a few um, foster parents in our church. Our church has really risen up to reach out uh, to help solve the, the foster issue in our county and uh, we have a lot of our people doing fostering, and uh, that's, it's that's for those a bold reasons. Move, man, because the the yoke of bondage on the parent, or it's, a lot of times it's a single mom. Right, you know she's um, she's an addict, and uh, she has to give up her kids. And thank God for people who rise up. But that yoke of bondage is real, and that's why Jesus came to set us free from those yokes of bondage. Well, and that's that's Galatians five one. Is Paul contends that Jesus Christ came to set believers, and now and but that's the key, man. Believing. It's believers. The power switch. Yeah. If you're not a believer, Christ isn't going to set you free. And and God's not going to set you free. And the cra- here's the crazy thing. And I know that people, th- this is going to rile some, but some people are going to say, well, I pray to God all the time. But here's the reality. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God doesn't hear your prayers. So that's what the Gospel of John says. God heareth not the prayers of sinners. Yeah. That is the prayers of those who do not believe Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, the Son of God. We're all sinners, but very specifically, he's talking about the unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And so you're praying, but you're praying to nothing. No, when we take the prayer you're talking about, the prayer of faith, versus the prayer of uh, desperation, and people are in, in bondage to these things, and as we were, mm-hmm. and we're, yep. we're, I think you, our audience does. We're not condemning people. No, the Bible says they're we already need. condemned. We're here to try to make a difference. That's why we're doing right. this podcast. That's right. the motive to to lift up, not to put down. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Sometimes though, and you and I have talked about this about it on other podcasts. One of the hardest things to do when you love someone is tell them the painful truth. And the reality is, even on this podcast, when we're talking about a yoke of bondage, and today people live in this yoke of bondage um, of being lied to. This younger generation, we call them woke. They're not woke. Dude, there is, there is, Very dark. They're as blinded as blinded could be. But we also know that God says Satan blinds. Uh, the, the minds of those that believe not. That's right. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine under them. Then all of a sudden they see, right? And so so when Paul in Galatians 5, 1, because he's talking to the church of Galatia, the Christians, uh, he says, listen, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, delivered us, Right. And that is from a burdensome, legalistic existence as slaves to the law. Mm-hmm. I go back to those days growing up. This was my whole world with alcohol and then the drug culture. It was It's, it's all we knew. And we saw people broken. And, and, and then we saw people that would get sober. And we'd see people get help. And a lot of times it was an intervention where even, even my dad would be part of the inter- intervention. Where he'd say, look, I'm not going to serve you anymore because I love you. Right. You right. know, I'd rather lose your business and have you save your life yeah. than to make money off of where you're going. And so that's that's part of it. And I think all of us in the listening audience have somebody probably pretty close to us that, right. that might need an intervention. So if you can be part of that sometime, it, it, it boy, it ain't fun. They get It can get loud and <sighs> scary. And I've seen them even get violent, but I've also seen them succeed. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's part of this, how God will use us uh, to care. We see those that right. are, we need to acknowledge they're in bondage. Right, right. And then, yeah, uh, and, and one of the problems, though, is people, people acknowledge it here, and they acknowledge it here, 
but they don't verbalize it and they don't get involved. They keep the distance. They, they don't want to get their hands dirty. Don't want to, but the reality is if you're going to help someone get out of bondage, you got your, it's going to cost you and you're going to have to get dirty. And the most amazing example is it cost Christ his life. And he got real dirty. He got real dirty. Yeah. When I, I think of that bondage and the people who are under it, there's a, a desperation that comes and it's so ugly. It's so, so. Well, upsetting. because by the time the desperation hits, they're already at the bottom. Yeah. And by now they've, they've ripped off their own family and stolen their grandma's uh, uh, jewelry and pawned it off here and they've lied to this one they've wrecked that car and they've lost this job here and they have a child being raised by somebody else they've been the foster system they're desperate you know god doesn't really help desperate people he that he helps broken people and broken, i have a whole thing about broken the, repentant people yeah. when there's a brokenness instead of desperation because desperation will do whatever i have to do to keep on to stay in the bondage mm -hmm. those are in bondage one they want more dope they want more booze. Yeah, that's desperation. They want to win that. They, Great they want their pony to come in one last time. Yeah. And uh, that's desperation. But when we come to a brokenness before God, we start listening. We start listening to those that love us. We listen to the word of God, which can deliver us. And then we come to that point of helplessness, which feels terrible, but it's actually a good point to be because until you get there, you're staying you have no in hope. bondage. You have, you no, have hope. no hope. But then in that brokenness, that cry from the heart, mm -hmm. believing in Jesus that he could help, and then he does. I remember waking up, you know, waking up the next morning thinking about Jesus and like, oh, there's a big party done. I ain't going to that party, man. I've been to enough parties. Mm -hmm. I'm going to church, man. Church is my new party. And um, bondage is broken by the well, power of the gospel here's the coolest thing i don't know if i've shared this with you before so the day i get saved october 2nd 1994 i get saved i leave church that night i of course i go home that night i'm sitting there and i said okay god now mind you i've been in and out of rehab as a listen i started doing drugs at nine you know, so by the time I'm 16, I've been in and out of rehab and you've been you in know, the yoke of bondage for a long time, a long time seasoned. Yeah. Seasoned uh, yeah. center. I started smoking cigarettes at seven, doing drugs at nine. By the time I was 12, I was, I was like, give me, give me. I'd been in and out of rehab by the time I was 16. And so I already knew what it was to have the sweats and all that stuff. Well, fast forward now. 10 years i'm now 26 uh soon to be 27 because my uh, i get saved october 2nd my birthday would have been november so i would soon to be 27 anyway i get saved october 2nd i go home and at this point i'm already doing a bag of dope every couple of days um i'm drinking around anywhere from a 12 pack to a case of beer a day and I'm doing on average three fifths of whiskey a week. And I'm smoking two packs of Marlboro Reds a day. And I weigh a buck 45. Right now I'm six foot 210. Back then I was six foot 145. So mm -hmm. give you an idea. At any rate, I get saved. I go home. And when I get home, I'm like, okay, God, because I was moved in church, not moved emotionally, because I'm not an emotional guy. But I was passionate. I'm very passionate. Uh, but when you throw religion in my face, I'm like, dude, get out of my face. At this point, and I was hard as a rock at that point. I didn't care whose feelings I hurt or who I hurt. Anyway, I get saved. I go home and I said, okay, God. I am giving all of this up. So I started throwing the pills out, throwing all the porn tapes out, pouring all the alcohol out flushing all the drugs you know like i'm her flushes I'm, yeah. the holy her flushes the holy her flushes my right? brothers wept when i flushed <laughs> a bags of dope down the toilet they cried give it to right. me <laughs> why are you doing i had friends are going uh, why are you doing that no dude if i can't me. have it you can't have it <clears throat> so i get everything done and i said okay god i'm done 
I lock the doors because I know what's coming. Yeah, here comes here comes it, the pain. It's, it, I know what's coming. Yeah. And so I lock the door and I sit out on the couch and I'm praying and just kind of reliving my life. Like everything's everything's reflashing in my brain, you know, sure. uh, all the stuff that I've done, all the things that I'm repentant of, uh, you know, what an idiot I've been. And, um, man, what's life going to look like now? This is, if this isn't the new start that I need, I'm in big trouble. I'm in big trouble. Yeah. And so that's what I was scared about when I first got saved. If this doesn't work, what happens? Cause I tried everything else and it all failed. And this is my last resort. And, and kind of where I was at, yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, God, this is um, it. If, if this is real and you're real and my experience this morning was real and something I'd never experienced before, then I'm in, I'm, I'm a thousand percent in. So I'm giving it all up, throw it all out, sit on the couch, praying, reading, thinking. The night comes, the night goes. The day comes, the day goes, the night comes, the night goes, the day comes. I'm on day three. I'm telling you, man, God is my witness on my children's lives, on my wife's life, on mine. Not one withdrawal, not one sweat, not one shake, no vomiting, nothing. Now, Dude, I was excessive in everything I did because the kind of guy I am, right? <laughs> Johnny just made an understatement. <laughs> so I day three comes and I have not had not one withdrawal. And I knew at that moment that was a miracle of God. Yeah. Without question. And I said, Okay, God, from this moment on. I will serve you the rest of my life. Amen. See, what happened was I was under a massive, you know, I have in my notes, a yoke is a curved bar made from wood or metal that harness together two or more draft animals so they can more effectively, effectively work with a team. And that's what you said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And yokes were also placed around the necks of people but those are more shackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was punishment. And we completely dominate you, and you you become a con- slave. We control. You can't even move your body. You're a slave. You can't even go potty, man, unless we approve of it. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's the alcohol and drugs is more like that kind. It was of a shackle. shackle. Yeah, it's a shackle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's not so much. I mean, we can call it a yoke, but the reality is, it was a shackle, and I was shackled. Yeah, that Duke, you were shackled. Away. But the fact that I never had any withdrawals. What a screaming evidence of God has touched you. <laughs> and you knew it. I knew it. Yeah. You like, like there was, there was uh, at that point, and God, God knows I'm so thick-headed. And he knew I needed something big to move me. And that was it. Like, like dude, you don't go three days of... And not have a withdrawal after having put in your body all that I had put in my body. So my, my point is, you know, Paul says Christ gives you liberty. Christ gave me liberty. That was my liberty. And now how dare I to spit in his face and return mm-hmm. to the shackles that he took off of me. But moreover, you, number one, you did not do that. Mm-mm. But you've not been in neutral. You have gone after those who, and, and me too. That's what we do. That's why we go, do. That's why I go to the city mission. The rescued for, goes after those who need rescued. Yes, sir. It's what we do. And because we, we understand it. That's why I'm in the jail every Sunday night, yeah. three services for, for 30 years, because we care about those who are in bondage. And we're seeing people not only in the, the drug, alcohol, uh, gambling, uh, sex is the biggest thing today, and, and porn and, and all that, all these addictions. But, you know, just life gangs up on people, people living, they don't know any better. They don't know their daddy. They're just in the bondage of this world system of defeatism. And you're dumb, you're ugly, your mother dresses, you're funny, you never amount to anything. And people just are down. And they're in bondage, too. 
And uh, Jesus came after those that were in bondage. He'd get in the yeah. face of the Pharisees, but those that were in bondage, man, Jesus was right there he, hugging them. All he wanted to do was deliver them. Set them free. But you know, the crazy thing is, today, Jesus still wants to deliver those in bondage. If you're in bondage, Jesus wants to deliver you. But he won't just remove you. You have to first surrender. You have to be broken. There you go. Brokenness, yeah. You have to surrender. And once you surrender, he has the lifeline. And that's when, like when he, if you remember, the disciples were in the boat and they were all frantic and panicking because of the storm. And and Jesus steps in. And when they believe, even though I had a little faith then, but when, he, when, when they believed that he was the son of God, he's, I mean, peace, the peace came across the whole. Peace be still. And they shook their head and said, oh, you really are the son of God. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. You know, but, Johnny, your story st- reminded me of two of my best friends from Bible college, Mark Cole and Jimmy Priest. They were heroin addicts, one from Florida, one from North Carolina, heroin addicts. And they got started really young and were in it for years. And Mark's mom was a, a, a piano player in a church, and he'd come in just totally wasted and he'd go upstairs and his mama knew he was right. and she just played these old hymns and he was upstairs <laughs> in his bedroom daggum mama <laughs> and she's praying for him and um he was about 22 years old and he'd been on heroin and he got had been busted and he'd od'd and he almost died over and over again and he was skin and bones he was a mess and mama started playing the old rugged cross on the and the spirit of god touched him he got on his knees and he said jesus I'm an idiot. Yes. I have no life. I've ruined everything. I, I, I'm dying to self. I put my faith and trust in you. All because mama was me. playing. Though. Dude, and, I got uh, goosebumps. And, and mama was playing. He got on his knees. She didn't know, but she'd prayed for him all these years. And, and he got on his knees and, and committed his life to Christ. And your testimony you just gave was exactly the same testimony Mark Cooley and Jimmy Priest gave when I was in Bible college. They were great young men of God. They did not have withdrawal. That's so crazy. And every hour that passed, those first uh, four days, every hour was another miracle, another miracle. And they knew. I mean, God just stepped up. Because their body became, should almost be melting down yeah, with, with, yeah. with withdrawal. And they, they didn't. And I've, I've had people get saved and go through withdrawal and stay off. I've seen that, too. And I, I don't think that because of your testimony or these two buddies of mine that, that that's going to happen that way every time. But I've right, seen it happen. Right, right. You experienced it. You lived it. And so uh, excuse us for having great faith that Jesus is really big. He really loves you. Really and he big. can fix it. And those are in bondage, man. He can he can come down and fix it. And we've but he, seen it. He won't fix it if you're not willing to surrender and let him have it. It's desperation won't do it no you'll just stay desperate you'll use people you'll use anything you can to to maintain your status in the bondage but brokenness and turning to christ and yielding everything so you we talk in christian circles about oh we had so many people get saved and we had so many people rededicate their life my kids just grandkids just came back from camp and it can't, you know, half the kids rededicate their life right. to Christ, which is right. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, for some of us, especially when you've been in the heavier yoke of bondage, right. it's kind of like, now the surrender and is all kind of at the same time. Cause it I, is. It's kind of like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done with the world. I, I, I was good at the world, and uh, I had the pocket full of money and the wine women in song. And if I couldn't be with the one I loved, I loved the one I was with. Right. None of that worked. We've proven it. Well, it it, here's what it does. It works amazingly well at keeping you there. Keeping you in bondage. bondage. Yeah. That is what it works really well I spent at. my whole high school life there. Yeah. Just barely made it through school. You didn't even make it. <laughs> I didn't make it through school. <laughs> I was, uh, so I was 30 years old. I went back and got my GED and then I was 30. Now he's a college graduate. Yeah. Hanging out with evangelical fundamental Bible preaching preachers. I didn't go to, dude, I didn't, I didn't go to college. So, no, I was 32 when I got my GED. And then I was 35 when I surrendered to go to Bible college. I love your story, Johnny. I was a little slow, but God got me there. <laughs> you just needed Jesus a whole bunch. You got a whole bunch of Jesus. And then, neat, how much? 
It seems like a, a lot of those that really needed Jesus a lot, which is everybody. Everybody. But when you know you really need Jesus and then you get him, oh my goodness. you kind of love him. And I remember, I, I wish I would have had that big total 100% surrender when I got saved. I, I had a huge surrender and did really, really well. And I had some influence that kind of took me away a little bit. I, I stayed in church. I stayed in the Word. But I, the world crept back in for a while, and uh, God chastened me. It was March, uh, excuse me, it was February of 1973. I'd been a Christian now for about seven months, and uh, God had called me to preach in September. And now it's October, November, December, January, and I was messing up a lot and uh, still in church, but kind you're, of a you're, hypocrite. You were trying to play both sides I was of the on, fence. I was on both sides, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that makes God sick, and there's no fun in it. Right. He was chastening me, and it was a I went 11 days where I couldn't sleep. I went 11 days where I couldn't eat. I would eat, and I couldn't keep it down. I was just so under conviction. I was so intense. I went, you talk about 6 foot 145, I was 6 foot 128. And the Lord chastened me. I got down next to my bed on a Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. I had just totally freaked out. I had... um, going into the bathroom and I hadn't slept and I was, and I, I, I turned on, I'll take a shot. I'll take a bath. That'll fix it all. <laughs> the water comes out. And it was literally, I was hallucinating green and things were crawling up and coming after me. And I totally freaked out. I went into the bedroom and I saw my Bible laying there. And I remember making a prayer of commitment when I was newly saved. I said, Lord, don't ever let me run away from you. I'm so stupid. Don't let me do that. What did I do? I ran away. I ran away, and God answered my prayer. It was like it's almost like I heard His voice, and it, it wasn't a voice, but it was almost. And right. He says, "I caught you, man. I love you. You, you, you done doing it. You done being stupid." And I bowed on my on my knees at my bed, and I prayed a three word prayer: "I give up. I give up. I give up. <laughs> I give up." Three words from my heart, and I surrendered. I was broken. Broken. And that's the power switch. Mm -hmm. And my life during that that time of of disobedience Mm -hmm. was things just weren't working out. I was driving my car to school at the Ohio State University branch campus, and I was in a, a chain collision. Boom, 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 boom. I was car number seven. I crushed the car in front of me. <laughs> One of my good friends from school, Dave Honecker, destroyed his car. My insurance had to pay for his car. And then the car that hit me from behind didn't hit me very hard. I get like 60 bucks from their insurance company. <laughs> my insurance doubles. I get a ticket for failure to stop within an insured clear distance. Now I got no car. I wound up getting dumped from the school program and marketing because it was just on and on and on. Everything went wrong. And then I surrendered, and then everything turned around. Yep. My mom was unsaved, and she was watching, and she said, Duke, I know you became a Christian in June. She says, but I think you really became a Christian in February. See, that's when you really surrendered. Yeah. You became a Christian in June, but you were trying to live the double life. I I got completely off drugs, everything, Mm -hmm. immediately. Uh, but there was something. Drugs. It took me a while to quit smoking cigarettes. I I, I dropped cigarettes, everything right, immediately. I was just I was free, but then there was some influencers that came in. Maybe the same girl who took me to church kind of right. was starting to take me from church a little bit. It's a long story. So one of my podcasts <laughs> called "The Big Test," and uh, girls have women have a lot of power, man, especially when they're pretty. And I was eighteen, nineteen years old, and uh, but you use the word surrender. When we are at the feet of Jesus, fully surrendered, not trying to make a deal with God. Oh, if you'll do this, I'll do that. No, surrender. I'm broken. That's when everything changes. And everything changed. Everything. Legitimate. You can't explain it. It's like trying to explain the color blue to someone who is blind, has been blind from birth. Yeah. Yeah. How do you explain it? How do you explain a note, a musical note to somebody that's been profoundly deaf all their life? Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, in this surrender, without understanding the theology of it, the the yoke of bondage is broken by the power of of the gospel. You understand, yeah, and you can't even quite explain it, but you can enjoy it. Yep, Uh, wearing a yoke often speaks of slavery and hardship in the Bible. Deuteronomy twenty eight forty eight. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies. 
whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Guys, I'm going to tell you, those who say God is love, God is love. God is love. But if you run from him, you become his enemy and God is no longer love and he'll put a yoke around you and destroy you. You have to surrender to Christ. First Kings 12, four, your father made our yoke heavy. Now and father being earthly father. Now, therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us and we will serve you. Um, the, the reality is as humans, man, we, we, we enslave ourselves constantly. I mean, you look at the Jews, right? God gives them 10 commandments. They create 613 then turn around and add 2000 more. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, people, why do you keep putting yourselves in? And then you go to Baptist Bible College and add another hundred rules. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of like, why in the world are you constantly putting yourself in bondage? And and as people, we do that. And God's like, I want to deliver you. And we and then here's the other thing that that kills me, man. God wants to deliver us. And but yet people say, Well, I can't forgive myself. And we 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 keep ourselves in bondage. And it's like Listen, your, your forgiveness is nothing compared to God's. And why is it if God will forgive you and you're the one that you, is God's the one that we sin against, if God forgives us, why are you allowing Satan to add guilt on you to keep you in prison? That's all it's for. Is, is Satan wants to keep us in prison so we don't serve God. Yeah. Start believing his lies, then we say those kind of things. It's insane. And yeah. so, listen, if God forgives you, you're forgiven, right? 1 Timothy 6.1. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Removing or breaking a yoke represents freedom. Leviticus 26.13. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. But here's the interesting thing. And this is what people need to hear because I can't just give all this. God is all love. God is all love without giving the flip side to God as well. Behold the goodness and severity of the Lord. Romans tells us. Amen. And, uh, and you know, my father, when you when you obeyed him, man, he would give you twice what he. You mow the yard, I'll give you five bucks. You mow it well, I'll give you ten. Especially if you did a good job, yeah, right? Yeah, and then he, and but then if you don't do it, kick my butt. Yeah, and God's the same way. So God here says in Leviticus, "I'm the Lord your God." He's talking to the Israelites, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Verse fourteen. But, (laughs) there's so many buts in the Bible, right? But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, which is the promise, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of the heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, and your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. And after all this, if you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will break the pride of your power. (laughs) And that is is it God's like, I will do whatever it takes to break you, to get you back. And we're living in this world where people just take that whole side of truth, throw it away, flush it down the toilet. Like it doesn't even exist. Like God is love. God is love. And he is, but you can't, you can't say you're following after God and ignore everything. He says how you should live. Because at that point, Once you become a child of God, God becomes your father. And God is a loving father, but he's also a disciplinarian. For whom the Lord loveth, he, he chastens. chastens us. Yeah. That's right. And That's so, what he did in my life. Right? And mine and, and yeah, how, countless me. others. It's like, I love you so much, I'm not going to let you go back. So 
guys, listen, if you are in bondage and God breaks you out of that bondage and you return back to it, it, it could become very difficult the second time to walk away. Very ugly. It could be very ugly because God will bring things upon you to capture you again uh, or to get your attention again. Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? That is God's ultimate goal and desire is to break the yokes or the shackles in our life. So you're saying Jesus is a yoke breaker. I think he's a yoke breaker. Yeah, he is. But remember, if, you're, if you only reach out or cry out to Jesus because you're desperate, God only hears you when you're broken. And so you're not going to get out of it. God's not going to take you out of it, but he will allow you to keep going through it. But if you're a child of his and you return to the vomit, then God says, I will do whatever it takes. I will, I will compound it seven times greater than it ever was to get you to break. So you come back in Psalm 32, David's brokenness prayer after he sinned with, uh, Bathsheba and, and murdered her husband and covered it up for a year. In that penitent uh, brokenness prayer, he said, Be not as the uh, horse or the mule to have no understanding, whose mouths must be led about by bridle and bit. There's two kinds of horses. You've heard the story, Little yeah. Duke and the Horses. There was a pony in, the, in our neighborhood. His name was Spot, and he wasn't broken. He was big, and he was fast, and he was strong, but... He was mean. He wasn't broken, and it broke our hearts because we wanted so bad to ride him, <laughs> and he wasn't broken, and we wound up hating the horse, and he had no friends, and he stood in the same field every day under the same tree, and he never had a life because he wasn't broken. But the good news, down the road uh, a ways was another little farm, and Karen and Sue had a little pony named Susie, and she was broken, and everybody loves Susie, and she got... She had the life. Kids are bringing her sugar cubes and apples and the cold uh, water in the summer to keep her cool. But isn't that what happens when we're broken? Exactly. And God, man, God finds favor with us because we're no longer the rebellious mm-hmm. antagonist. Johnny, that, that's why God wrote that in the Bible, right. Psalm 32. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it, you know, right? it's real. It is. And a horse that's broken is like got a life. We adored little uh, Susie and Spot, not, no no life. And until we're broken, life has not begun. It, life has so not begun. Perfectly said. Listen, Paul, he was in Galatians. He was uh, rebuking Christians. Do not be entangled again to that which God has freed you from. And Paul depicts our former way of life uh, before salvation uh, as slavery to the law, right? Uh, wearing the yoke of bondage is, is literally a fitting metaphor for the slavery because the animals or person, when they are bound by the yoke, they have to listen to their master. And if we're bound by the yoke of Christ, we're free. He says, my yoke is light. is light, and my burden is easy. And you see those uh, animals in that proper yoke. It's no pain to them whatsoever. No. And They're, that's what we were talking about in the beginning. If it's fitting and it's right, yeah. dude, they do amazing. The happiest you'll ever see a sled dog is when he's on trail. He's, he's in, it's not kind of the same type of yoke. It's more of a system of, of straps, but they're, they're well, still but bound that's what, together. But that's what Christ is. Yeah, Christ yeah, isn't a yoke. It's a system yeah. where we are our happiest. And the, those sled dogs are out there. They are in their glory and they're happy. And the, they're so obedient to their, to their master, the guy that's running the sled dog team. I've watched all these Alaskan shows and all right. the sled dog stuff. It's so cool. I want to move to Alaska and have sled dogs. But they're in their yoke and they're in their element. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they are living out their purpose. And the same is true for us. You know, here, Johnny, we were coming out of, out of the mess. We learned the world stinks. We don't want to go back there. And all these different voices that were 
that were lying to everybody else. We had to wade through that. We yep. had to figure out oh my goodness. all these doctrinal things and, and pray our way through. And you do. You have to work through it. And stay in the Word of God. Right. And we landed at the same spot because we have the same Bible and we yielded broken before the same Holy Spirit. And uh, he, he's guided us. And then we're, we're in our... Uh, we're in our yoke with Jesus. We're one of them sled dogs, you know, and we got a team. I was, I, I filled in for John while he was on vacation for a couple of weeks. Man, he's got some great, he's got some great dogs in the team do, at the church, man. man. There's some beautiful I got people. Some wonderful here. people. Man, and, and uh, they love God. They love each other. They love their preacher. They love me. <laughs> if Johnny thinks I'm cool, they think I'm cool, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it, 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 and, and we're, we're, we're accomplishing something. Right. Uh, the, the world is watching us. And even though we're, you know, we're deplorables and all that, they're like, well, think about this. The only ones going against us are the go. ones that live in the world that don't even understand which yeah. ends up. Yeah. Blessed are ye when and, all and, men shall revile and speak evil against you falsely. Yeah. They go against us, but they live in a, in the world where you can't call a boy a boy or a girl a girl. Um, God forbid that you get the wrong pronoun. Huh? Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah. Uh, and oh, and if you don't support everything the Bible is against, then you're the problem. I mean, this is, these are the people that are judging us and yeah, we're living in the last days. Satan is blinded yeah. the minds of people, but that which will under them to say evil is good and good is evil. But, you know, kind of back to the yoke thing here that, you know, you just see the, when animals are in their element and those sled dogs or those those ox, whatever, they're doing their thing. And they're you know? doing it well. Yeah, and they're, they're, there's a joy. And yeah. I know that in what I do, there's, there's burdens in ministry and hurting people come and just the phone rings and rings and rings and rings. And you got 60 hours work, worth of work to do and you only got 35 hours to do it. And People are going to be mad at you if you don't do this or if you do that. And, and you go from a, hero to zero oh, in two man, seconds just a, or less. Just blink of an eye yeah. and all that burden. Only pastors know. Yeah. And yet we just study, we pray, we and love, keep, we tell truth. We would make, make people mad because they don't want to hear truth. But we're faithful. And then, you know, I was here, you got to chit-chat with a bunch of people the last couple of weeks. And, and they tell me their stories. And because you came here and because this church is here, uh, they came here and God brought them here and they listened and their lives have been changed and they were in bondage and Jesus came into their heart yep. because they were broken and now they're in a groove, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, the yoke is, uh, is real. It's a, it's a shackle yoke, uh, when we're lost mm -hmm. and then it becomes kind of a, kind of a power yoke, if you please, uh, well, and under the new covenant, God's grace confirmed by the blood of Jesus, right, gives us freedom from slavery. If we look uh, and from sin and death, if we're released actually, right, because we don't die this, the second death. Galatians 4, 24 says, which things are symbolic for these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all, for it's written, uh, and then it goes on. But but I want the, the whole idea here is, we'll go down to 29 real quick. Uh, but as uh, verse 28, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. God says, listen, I'm going to tell you, and he cleans it all up for us. Verse 31, so then, brethren, Christian, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free and so Paul is just making it very clear that in the New Testament, because of the shedding blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Who fulfilled the law for us. All of the law for us. We're no longer in bondage, but we are free. And why do you want to leave the freedom to go back in bondage? Yeah. And that, that is something that, you, that if you struggle with, you're going to have to really think about and answer uh, for yourself. You know, what is it about it that you need 
to go back to all the time? What is it that is drawing you? And is it worth it? Screaming? No. Is it? And we know that. But our old nature, the voice of this world, and the inspiration of, of Satan and his demons are always trying to press us back to stupidity. Yeah. And to make things glitter that are ugly. I've just been so blessed through the years to see people broken and then marriages start to work out. They're, they reestablish the bonds with their children. I saw that with my own dad. He was a very distant dad. He was a womanizer, ended up in divorce, and he was loud and screaming and yelling and cussing. And He gets saved and totally different man. And he got saved at age 68. And he got so close to all of us kids in the last 13 years of his life. It was so much fun. My mama was the one that raised us and went everywhere and did everything. And she gets remarried, and he takes her away, and here's dad. It wasn't really much of a dad uh, to us. He was distant and stood outside of our lives, never came anywhere with us, did anything with us, just yelled and lived in his own little private world, and he got saved. And he connected with us, man. Oh, and we get we kids get together. We talk about him. We have a blast. The yoke was broken. Yep. Paul says, that is for the Jew and the Gentile, right? Can be accepted into God's family. Romans 3, 21. But if by faith alone in Christ, Romans 3, 21 through 22 says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, a payment, payment by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he must be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And so he goes on like, where's your boasting? Where's yeah, you have nothing. And it's only through faith in Jesus Christ are we delivered. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift, a gift of God. Receive the gift. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Because we have this tendency to look what I did, look what I did. And God's like, no, no, no. It's all that I did. The only thing we can do is surrender to what God did. Before salvation, we lived under a yoke of bondage to the law, Ephesians or Galatians 4, 3. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Have you ever seen a time where you have been in bondage to the world and the, all the crazy that is in the world? Man, this, we live in a time of insanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're being... Uh, and it changes being, constantly. Yeah. We are being silenced we are being told what you can say and what you cannot say, and the 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 enemy is bringing a yoke uh, upon uh, the Christian church, the the true Christian church. But we're we have Christ, uh, greater right. is in us than He is in the world. We're not shocked by what we're seeing. Right. We were kind of uh, prophetically expecting it, and it is here. And this is our time to shine. This is our time to be continue to be broken and uh, look to God. He'll give us strength. He'll give us wisdom, and uh, people will watch us. May, right. I, I don't want to be martyred, but if I am, God's grace. What are you going to do, promote me to heaven? <laughs> heaven doesn't scare me much. Right. You know, I'm, I'm 67 years old, and heaven doesn't scare me a bit. Right. So, so before salvation, we lived under the yoke. Before salvation, we were burdened by a guilty conscience. And people are, right? Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure, but those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Man, you're finding a whole bunch of verses in the Bible, on this, aren't you? The yoke, the yoke, the bondage. Praise the, God for the freedom. The, the part that breaks my heart is what I just read is how many people are burdened by a guilty conscience. And, and this is the idea, or this is the way you'll know if you were desperate or if you're broken. 
If you profess to know God, but in works you deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work, that, that's going to tell you your spiritual condition. Please don't be deceived by Satan. Under, understand what the Bible says. Understand truth. And be honest with yourself and look at it. You know, before salvation, we were imprisoned by demands um, that we could not keep. Acts 15.10. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Right? And, and that's what we find that we do is we put yokes around people that they can't bear. And then they get depressed because they're, there's a goal that cannot be attained. And they feel like a loser and they give up. And, and they go right back. And, but that's what the world does, right? That's before salvation. Before salvation... We lived under a yoke. We were burdened by a guilty conscience. We were imprisoned by demands that we could not keep. And we held, we were held captive by fear. And, and today, what is the biggest thing that society uses on people with this whole COVID fear, the vaccine fear, 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 fear drives division in the hearts of man. People who were fearful or angry at those who are not. First John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him, Christ, because he first loved us. And so listen, if you're captive and held captive by fear, you don't know Christ. If you know Christ, you don't trust Christ. There are so many things involved in, in this relationship with God that he delivers us from. And yet, for some reason, some people want to stay there. And these are all cues, if you will, of if you're saved or not saved. If you are still living in all of this, I'm going to pretty much say you're not saved. Right. My home pastor would say when when you get confused on all that and about 90 percent of all Christians I've ministered to through f almost 50 years, I asked the question, have you ever doubted your salvation? About 90 percent have. And my home pastor would say, drive down a stake. You can't go back in time right. when you were six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old and psychoanalyze. What was your theological understanding at the time? Did you understand enough doctrine of Christ? Did you even know what the doctrine of Christ was? How could you be saved? And all that doubt. Just drive down a stake today. Now's the time. Lord Jesus, you're the boss. I put my faith and trust in you. I don't know what happened then. You did. But I know what's happening now. I love you. I trust you now. And I commit my life to you. Brokenness. Done. Brokenness. Done. Brokenness. Yep. Yeah. You know, Paul said that the law is our tutor in Galatians 3.24. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. So literally, the law, everything that we've talked about shows you that you need Jesus. Everything that we've been mentioning shows that you need Jesus. And then Christ came in Romans 6, 14 to set us free. For sin shall not have dominion amen, over you. Amen, amen. For you are not under law, but under grace. If you are still living a defeated life, if you are still shackled, and you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, unmistakable, Listen, sin doesn't have dominion over you. Why are you giving it permission? You know, Satan Satan has no power over us but that which we give him. Mm -hmm. That's right. And so stop giving him the power. Jesus took the guilty sentence in our place. Romans 8, 3 through 4. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. Now, mind you, in the likeness of sinful flesh, in other words, in human, he came uh, as a human. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And so, listen, guys, I just want to tell you the Christian life is characterized by joyous freedom to follow Christ out of love and not a dreadful life of slavery uh, to follow the rules. Jesus Christ has lifted the yoke of bondage from our shoulders and placed them on his own yoke. Matthew eleven twenty nine thirty. 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. Guys, listen to me. Christ came for one reason, not to deliver just Duke and I, but to deliver all. And that all includes you. If you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and you meant it with all of your heart, without question, you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He conquered the grave, conquered death and hell. He's at the right hand of the Father today. Then you are born again. The only thing holding you back living a victorious life is you're not believing the scriptures. You're not believing what Christ said and you're holding on to the past. And I will tell you this, the past is an anchor that will take you to the bottom of the ocean. Jesus Christ is a life preserver. Hey guys, I hope this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow. And until next week, God bless.